Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Wilander. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. And you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Novak Djokovic is the champion for a seventh time at the Australian Open. He has now won 15 Grand Slam singles titles, moving in two behind Rafael Nadal, five behind Roger Federer. And the only massive surprise here is that that was a pretty awful tennis match as a contest. It was an absolute non-event. A, because Novak Djokovic was imperious, brilliant, insert your preferred superlative here, and B, because Rafael Nadal... Well, he didn't really turn up today. Um, This is David Law, Catherine Whittaker and Matt Roberts here on the Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with The Telegraph, Catherine. Clang, first ever use of Matt's surname. Yeah, well, he's officially Matt now. He's no longer Grad Matt because he's already... I mean, he hasn't had his degree taken away from him, to be clear. (laughs) he still is a graduate and he was a student, but these are all past tense because he's now officially Matt. Right. So This doesn't feel right. No, well, get used to it. This is the new you. Uh, what, what do we think? What about happened to Kickstarter, Matt? Oh, well, <laughs> Never that, caught on. That Never sh- caught on. And, and Melbourne, Matt's, you know, been and gone, really. Uh, so it's just Matt. So where, what, what, are we, what do we say aside from what I've just said about that men's singles final? Well, as a contest, it was a huge disappointment. As a performance by Novak Djokovic, it was sublime nine unforced errors in three sets I mean to go with five unforced errors in the semi-final yeah. 14 unforced errors in six sets uh, absolutely sublime <laughs> you've got to be kidding me yeah I mean just <laughs> ridiculous yeah. ridiculous level of tennis ridiculous achievement to win seven here seven out of seven he's never lost a final here um, move ahead of Pete Sampras on the all-time list, all of it, absolutely sublime. But I feel a bit weird about the final, about the fact that, for me, Rafael Nadal, the greatest competitor ever in men's tennis, didn't show up tonight. He was mentally not there from the word go and throughout. And I'm struggling to, to make sense of it all. And I... I don't think that saying that detracts from um, Djokovic's performance or victory because, I mean, you, 
it's it's a testament to to who Nadal is and what he's achieved and what he's done that he's pretty much the only person on the planet that after two sets of that performance from Nadal, after the first two sets going the way they did, you still thought Rafa maybe had a bit of a chance. Yeah, uh, mm. that was the least. But he didn't scoreline. He, he didn't. Wasn't he didn't it? open the door even a fraction, Djokovic, and it was odd. It must have been a bit odd for him what was happening down the other end of the court. I think it was. It, I think both of them felt weird about it yeah. because it was just so not what was expected you, you you talked and described your conversation with Novak yesterday um, and and how he seemed to be relishing the idea of this scrap because that's what they've always had pretty much um, I mean look I say it's the least likely scoreline I think straight sets is the least likely scoreline because equally I would have been absolutely gobsmacked if Nadal had won in straight sets but the, the weirdness you describe I think is, is apt because from the first even from the first two points of the match Nadal just wasn't feeling the ball out there at all he wasn't middling the ball properly um, he wasn't all of that aggression all of that flat piercing hitting that, that we've been seeing from him those big service bombs none of it was apparent today part of that is cause and effect because you've got a guy who is his kryptonite up the other end of the courts and he just knows how to diffuse the game of Rafael Nadal probably in a way like nobody ever has uh, I mean yes but and he didn't didn't require diffusing today it was it, it wasn't that he wasn't that Djokovic nullified Nadal brilliance it was that just, just dominated d- that Djokovic was just brilliant in his own right it wasn't about there was nothing to to, to nullify it was well, yeah, he's, I mean, Rafa Nadal's game was so off. He was so tight at the start, and yep. it just, and when it's like that, it just feeds Djokovic. He just, he just puts it in Djokovic's hitting zone. Yes, and Djokovic was literally just teeing off. And I always, I always think of the analogy with when Novak Djokovic playing like that. It's, it's like the court. It's like a trapezium, and Novak Djokovic is down the sort of end with the with the short bit he's not having to cover much court he's just standing there and just manoeuvring the ball and the other guys looks like he's covering more court because Djokovic can spread the play and Djokovic just brushed him up brushed him aside it yeah. it was never close it was almost almost a humiliation if it weren't for the fact that Nadal had been brilliant for six previous matches and and has that to to put a feather in his hat it was well, it, because was, it was it was a bruising. I mean, we were wondering whether Nadal's new style of hard court tennis would have any bearing on Djokovic, and but I'm still wondering that because he the, didn't play that it. new style wasn't there. Yeah. I mean, and um, sorry, uh, sorry I mean, as you said, a, lot, a big part of that is because of what Djokovic can do to him. Particularly, I think on the return, he can get the get the ball back at Nadal's toes and take over the rally. And plus, the looping forehand cross court has no no effect, effect really, because Djokovic just stands up to it and whacks it back cross court. And he just the way he can attack Nadal's forehand like no one else is what gives him such an edge in that rivalry but he, he hits into the forehand doesn't he oh he, he everybody else spends their time avoiding <laughs> yeah. the well, Nadal forehand he, he hits into it but then tonight the, I mean tennis is a game of, of fractions you know, in every possible way um, and the the difference between Nadal's forehand being the best shot in the world 
and it being a bit of a dolly that sits up begging to be hit by somebody as sweet a, 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 and aggressive a hitter as, as Djokovic is only fractions of a percent and well, though that was in evidence Djokovic tonight. actually proved a bit tonight and I think he's proved it on a few times the, the theory that Andre Agassi had when he played against him in about 10-12 years ago that if I go hard to his forehand really hard and fast he'll be late on the ball and he'll, he'll pop one up that I can demolish and, and it it didn't work for Agassi. I think Agassi was too late in his career for a start, really. Um, but Djokovic with a similar, but, you know, further on career. And I think that's another reason why it 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 become, it become it's difficult for us to dissect the Nadal performance because, yes, that tactic and the ruthlessness with which Djokovic deployed it tonight does make Nadal look sluggish. So <laughs> that is a large part of why he looks sluggish. But also, Nadal looked really sluggish. The last thing I expected us to be talking about was a sluggish Rafael Nadal tonight. He's never. This was his first ever straight sets defeat in a Grand Slam final. Yeah, I he, mean, he always wins few, at least a set. A few, wow. makes a few it games a match. in, a few games in, most of us, I think, are thinking, "Is he fully fit, mm. Rafael Nadal? You know, is is there something wrong?" Now, from his press comments, there's no suggestion that there is. Um, but he did. He looked. He looked slow by his. And, the, and there were there were shots that would would probably have been winners either way because they were brilliant from Djokovic. But he wasn't even trying to run for them. And and I I couldn't see any evidence. I know Marion Bartley and Kim Kleisters in your commentary couldn't see any, any evidence. Max Verlander in in ours on Eurosport couldn't see any evidence of any specific injury. But I can't believe there wasn't something. I mean his. His head was scrambled. His shot selection was bad. He hit a, there were he occasions hit an at the net. shot forehand yeah. from a regulation ball. Yeah, just For, complete, He didn't even frame it. He just completely missed. What's it. What is the matter with you? I've never seen that before. That um, was four-two in the first set, and uh, the point before that, uh, Jim Curry had said on Channel Nine commentary, he had his only line in response to some absolutely. <laughs> absolutely out of this world shot from uh, Djokovic he just said holy cow <laughs> <laughs> and then on the next shot Rafael Nadal's hitting an air shot forehand and I'm thinking uh, what, what universe have we transcended into and then yeah in the um, and then he started missing volleys like easy yeah. he, and Rafael Nadal is one of the best volleyers in the world he's got such good know-how hasn't he at the net about and, where to put the ball and, and hitting panicked drop shots yeah. you know this is one of the he's the best clay court player of all time he talked, panicky drop shots he talked afterwards it? about feeling that he hadn't had enough matches coming in and obviously he hasn't played many matches at all has he and, and he was he was trying to reiterate in his uncourt speech selling a little or a lot Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. 
Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering Tennis Podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. We've just had to stop the recording, folks, because that crash was uh, Catherine Whitaker <laughs> dropping an entire glass of champagne all over the table. Uh, and, uh, so saved, I saved the glass. Yes, you did, thankfully. Um, da- but anyway. David's fermenting nicely with, <laughs> with whiny trousers. Don't worry. His flight in six hours uh, Yeah, time. I've got a flight in six hours that lasts 24 hours. Anyway, what I was saying was... <laughs> Uh, here on the tennis podcast, mm, it which smells lovely here now. It's lovely, yes. I'm, my wife is going to wonder what on earth have you been doing. <laughs> um, I, I, um, I was, I was saying that I can't remember what I was saying. To be quite honest, um, no, I, I, I was talking about Nadal saying in his post-match press comments about needing more matches, and he hasn't played many matches. And you just sort of you wonder. I mean, is that is that relevant? I mean, it, because. The thing with a post-match press conference like this, an on-court interview and so forth, is that I'm never sure how much of the truth you're going to get because the last thing a player ever wants to do in Nadal's position, and particularly a sports person like Nadal, is take any of the credit away from Djokovic. So he doesn't want to mention if he is injured. He doesn't want to mention if he's... He certainly doesn't want to give away anything mentally and say, oh... You know, he freaks me out, or something like that, because of all those wins he's got against me. So, yes, he points out the absolutely undeniable truth, which is that he hasn't had many matches. But would that not have, in some way, shown itself earlier in this tournament? I know it's not in Djokovic down the other end of the court, and he hadn't played a top ten player, but this was still a big shock, wasn't it? Well, the point he he said in Spanish, we believe, is that he didn't. He didn't feel like he had the matches in his legs to play as, and produce a good defensive style of tennis. And he, he really hasn't been doing that this tournament. He's been smothering opponents, whereas today he was being smothered. And he, he needed perhaps that groundwork and that, um, yeah, I guess just the miles in his legs to track the balls down, to dig, to dig in. I mean, the fact is that Nadal has always 
always had the attitude of I need matches to mm. play well, right? And that was why none of us picked him to be in our quarterfinal yeah, lineup true. because not because we think he's not capable in principle of winning Australian Open still, but because on this occasion he didn't have the matches that that he needed. Um, and then he proved us all wrong by Carlos, getting to the final without reaching the final. Carlos Moyer was saying that he doesn't need Well, this anymore. is really interesting because I think he and Carlos Moyer really disagree about this. And I think it's something that Carlos Moyer is trying to snap Nadal out of thinking because I think Moyer can see that he's 32, he's on 17 slams. Obviously, chasing down Federer is... Is a, is a target and generally extending his career as long as possible so he wants Nadal to you know a big part of Federer's success has been being incredibly strate- strategic and sparing about the matches he plays so I think Moya generally wants to snap Nadal or certainly weaken Nadal's thought process of I can't play well I can't win Grand Slams without lots and lots of matches under my belt so the fact that Nadal after this loss is is reverting to that sort of crutch of thinking it's because I haven't got the matches I suspect I mean he may well be right but you know there's six matches before this to suggest that he's not and I suspect that Carlos Moya will have a bit of a shrug at that and think you know more work to do believe it or not, with Rafael Nadal in, in the mental department there. Um, but I, I, I mean, we, we've had a little uh, voice report from a colleague of mine for Spanish years about sport, about what he said to him in Spanish, which I've found generally is his, when he talks most frankly, they've got a very close relationship. Antonio works for his academy um, in Mallorca, I, I believe that he was probably as honest and frank in that interview as, as, as at any stage this evening. And it sounds like, from, from Antonio's translation, that he never intended to go out and play like he'd played the six previous matches, aggressive nut and Nadal. It sounds like he intended to go out and play old Nadal and but now he's saying oh but it turns out I didn't have the 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 practice other than the sort of 25 years (laughs) preceding this that that's what I felt when I was watching the match is and I got taken to task by Chris Suter a a coach I know who who I have a lot of respect for interested in his opinion I disagree with him I felt like Nadal reverted to playing his clay court type tennis because he just wasn't confident enough to blast away the way he had been doing. He wasn't feeling the ball that well, so he gave himself more margin for error. Admittedly, a lot of that was to do with Djokovic and so forth, and I understand all that, but he wasn't worried about any of that in the previous rounds. I know it's not Djokovic in the previous rounds, but Nadal, we were expecting him to come out and just require stopping by somebody, and, and that we did not see that Nadal at all but he needed to do that as we said in yesterday's podcast he'd lost the last 14 sets on hard court to Djokovic he had to do something different and even if he'd been playing this style of tennis well today he would have lost yes he needed to change something Mm. Um, a a few people pointed out that when they played each other at Wimbledon um, 
Djokovic was still even then working his way back in. I mean, he won Wimbledon, whereas Nadal had just won the French Open. Everything was firing, and and yet Djokovic still edged it, ten eight in the in the fifth. But oh dear, this is this does take some getting used to because what, visually, what this looked like was Rafael Nadal of twenty fifteen, leaving forehand short, looking just a, a bit bereft out there and lacking confidence and I really didn't expect to be thinking that at all I mean it it, it was a damp squib of a match yeah it was I mean it it, it may very well or perhaps even probably would still have resulted in a Djokovic victory on on tonight's form even if Nadal had shown up and played his best M- may very well be talking about the same end result but <clears throat> <laughs> I, I, I'm left with a feeling, aside from just yeah, gobsmacked appreciation of 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 what Djokovic is achieving, and and he's now on for a for holding all four at the same time again. Which I mean, he's already the first man ever to uh, win all four slams twice, or first man ever in the Open era to hold all four slams twice, and he could end up holding all four at the same time twice I know that's it uh, you know no, Nadal that he needs to win what the French to do yeah. that yeah so yeah he's a, yeah, he's a slam away I yeah. was trying to remember which one he only won once but, um, yeah, but, but still my my overriding feeling is bemusement a bit about yeah. what we witnessed about I can't I can make sense of Djokovic being brilliant he was brilliant for for almost all of six matches before that I expected him to be I, I maybe am a little bit surprised by five unforced errors in three sets but you know him being brilliant doesn't surprise me Nadal, Nadal su- tonight surprises me big time mm. so Djokovic on 15 Nadal on 17 Federer on 20 we've had this conversation a few times but he's just he's just getting closer and closer and closer and where does it all stop well Penny for Pete Sampras's thoughts eh? you know, he, he will never hear them because he never shows up Matt <laughs> but I just can't get my head around the fact that he chased down a 30 year old record raised the bar got to 14 within you know, within less than 10 years of him retiring, Federer's overtaken him. Another 10 years, and now three guys have overtaken him. And they're all still active. Yeah, maybe he's thinking, oh, I can't, can't keep showing up when they overtake me, or I'd never be off the plane. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I mean, it is just staggering how these three have dominated. And, cha- and changed, just completely rewritten all the record books. You know, just, just dismissed history. Mm. And, and it... Re- it's quite hard to it's quite hard to process really um, we'll be able to process it better I think in a few years when they're yeah, gone and, and, and men's tennis however much there are you know a few shining lights like Sitsa Pass obviously this week and others but men's tennis is going to be in a worse place after they are gone this is an extraordinary time that is reaching an, an end and, and that's yeah, and it isn't just at the slams where they've dominated. That you know, sometimes we can almost focus too much on the slams. But you know, they hold the record for Masters titles. Federer's got the most weeks at number one. Djokovic will probably get pretty close to that. 
if I, right now, were to take out... Oh, no, he's rooting around in his pockets. Yeah, if I were to take out a... pocket. <laughs> a 50-cent uh, coin. So, right, there you go, Catherine Whittaker. You can put that on he either... still carries change in yep. 2019. Well, you know, I'm old school. You can put that on either Rafael Nadal uh. or Novak Djokovic to win the French Open. Oh, okay. Oh, there's it going. There's yours. <laughs> that's a different question to what I thought. Yeah. Okay, well, let's, let's, let's you know, French first and open. foremost. Yeah. Nadal. Nadal. Okay. Right, let's get mine out. That's going on Djokovic. For the French. Yeah. Right. So. These are real coins, folks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so two two Nadals and one Djokovic. I just think Nadal is a. I mean, obviously, this most obvious thing in the world. He's a different player on clay. He's he's n- never had an injury. We had that one injury on clay, didn't he, in 2016, which was the year Djokovic won Roland Garros. Nadal's performances in the last two years at Roland Garros. And the way he's playing generally off clay as well makes me think he's going to be in tip-top condition at Roland Garros. And I think he wins there even against Djokovic. Yeah, I mean, let's assume, assume which I do, that there was nothing wrong physically with Nadal tonight. There is no way that whatever was plaguing him mentally tonight would plague him on clay. Because against, he doesn't have those Djokovic. mental doubts no. on clay. Yeah. And he doesn't have to change his game, no. does no. he? That's the interesting thing. So my but, but that's 50... Why, oh, man, I want to see... I want a kangaroo s- on this coin. All right, I, can I... I'm, and an emu. What's mine got on it? Um, Is that an emu? Mine's got a queen's head. There we are. Um, my... Um, I can't wait to see Novak Djokovic against Rafa Nadal on clay. I cannot wait in this form. Have you got any questions for our money? No. Or are we going to do a French Open preview? Uh, no. no. <laughs> um, so, right. Well, I thought you were going to ask. I only asked because I thought you were going to ask us the big one. Yes, yeah, same. On. What's the big one? You've let but us I'm not answering hook. that. What no, is it? No, no. You've Who's going to end up with the most slams? Yeah, Why one. don't we ask you that? Who's you can have both. Retire you can with have the most both. Slams. You can have all three coins, David. Well, David yep. thinks they're all going to end up on twenty, right? Or Does he think is that is that still the case? You've got three coins, David. Well, quick, um, Ever and Navratilova both ended up on 18, didn't they? Yeah. I struggle to see how Djokovic, at the rate he's going, doesn't chase them all down. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm playing devil's advocate a bit here. We all thought that three years ago, right? Mm. Do you remember that chat you had with Goran here three years ago where he just said, well, obviously, he's going to win everything now. And, no, and then, I, I know. you know, I things know. change very, very but he's quickly. he's knocked off three in a row. And he's, and he's yeah. that much closer. I mean, he was still okay, 12. But let's say then. he gets the French again. Mm. He, could he not have the same sort of emotional, mental letdown that he had it's, last look, time? Of course it's possible. Of course it's possible. I just feel like this is now in sight. That's the difference. Yeah. There's a motivation he, he, there. When he won yeah. that French Open last time, that was climbing the ultimate peak individually. Uh, and, yeah. and, and as a group, he'd won four in a row, but he'd finally won the French Open. And it took him so much to win the French Open. 
and he must imagine how that must have felt for him. Um, and, and I really do understand how how he how I mean he was injured. We know that too. But I really do understand the burnout. I All right, just, then, David he, coins. He just doesn't look. He, I mean, you know, we, we 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 poke a bit of fun about some of his some of the stuff he says. And I mean, I don't I don't understand half of it really. I really don't. But that who cares what I, what I understand and what I don't? It blooming well works for him. And it keeps him in a frame of mind and a state of body and all the rest of it that is perfect for high-octane, intense, stressful sports. Because he does not get... He's able to overcome whatever it is. And, and, there, and that's part of it, I'm sure. And there was a very good article by Tamini Carriol this week talking about players burning out and tennis being too physical. And the line that stuck with me is, you know, in, in tennis... Injuries, yes, they can they can completely derail your career, like we're seeing with Andy Murray. But also, if you're able to take time off and come back from your injury, the injury can actually be the best thing that happens to you because you can come yeah. back with a new perspective and feeling fresh while the rest of the tour's been grinding it out. And Novak Djokovic is in that space right now. He's, he's come back... I, I don't want to say he's better than he was before. He had his... Um, fall because his level then was incredible as well but he's getting right back to that and no one was beating him when he was at that level Mm. no they weren't and he uh, I I just I'd I'd be surprised if we saw a drop off again personally because he doesn't look tired he doesn't look like and also he hasn't got another slam straight away now he's got a few months you know you can just digest it he'd also dearly love an Olympic gold mm. yeah he would like oh. Federer yeah I do oh fascinating stuff and uh, something for us to all enjoy look all of my coins are going on Djokovic um, <gasps> to end up with the most now yeah so there we are uh, let's see if I'm right three coins yeah I've got three of they're them they're not even copper they're silver they're not even they don't even add up to a dollar um, <laughs> but anyway uh, I, it's like my son. He, it's so funny. He doesn't care how much they're worth. He just wants them. He just wants the, it wants the sound of them. I don't want one of those notes, Dad. I want one of these. <laughs> oh, okay, son. No problem. I'll have your note. You have that. Yeah. Um, the doubles final today was uh, one. We're talking about... Speaking of career grand talking slams. Talking about career grand slams, yeah. Pierre Ugebert and Nicolas Mahou. What a, what a great sight that was because they are just two lovely fellas, aren't they? And, they're, and brilliant, brilliant doubles team. Yeah, I have, I have so much respect and love for them as a, as a duo. Um, only the fourth doubles pairing in the open era to win the career Grand Slam. And, you know, they keep in companies such as the Woodies and the Bryants. Um, and they've done it in a relatively short period. I think, I think it took the Woodies something like, I want to say, eight or nine years to win all four. And mm. they've done it starting in 2015. Yeah. Um, Who are the fourth? Pairing. It's Hal House and Elting. Yeah, yeah. I remember when they did it. Yeah. yeah. So they're not the only and pair with that aren't that have different names. Mm. I know Woodbridge would. And then there's a lot of Australian duos just Fle- before Fleming the and Mackie must have done it, didn't they? No, they no, didn't. No. Oh wow. I, I mean, I've, I feel like we've got a bit of a soft spot for uh, Ugabear and Mahu as well because no Eber. <laughs> Yeah, Pierre Oog. Oog is with the Pierre. Is that like his middle name? Oog. No, no, it's, it's like part of Sarah his first Jane. name. Is it? Mm. Oh, sorry, it's Pierre. Pierre Oog. Oog. It's Hugh. Oh. It's Peter Hugh. All right. 
It's Peter Hugh Herbert. <laughs> you, should, you should see the look of derision in this on this table at the moment in my direction. Um, or Hugo. Maybe. Yeah, I've just got a soft spot for them. I mean, partly because we we've had them with us at Queens and and up and they're just such really lovely fellas aren't they and and they're great to watch they're really really good tennis players they've won that title a couple of times and I don't know just proper normal human beings who just happen to be blooming good at tennis uh, and, and I mean Mahu's been around for ages well it's too. nice for him because he had a stable partner in Lodra and then mm. Lodra retired and Air Bears come along and you know they've been even more successful yeah. and I just think they they work in tandem so well because Mao is hits, he's got a very classic game style, very flat. Whereas Air Bear is a bit, a bit more loopy with his shots, and they just they work together so nicely. And um, they're a joy to watch, aren't they? Mao said such a lovely thing. He said, "I love you like a brother," and oh. on the court, and, oh. and Air Bear's actual brother was there, who had come to Australia for the first time, oh. just finished his studies, came out, saw Air Bear do quite well in the singles, reached the third round, and then won the doubles title and he's a big Fortnite fan Air Bear's brother so he was able to oh, take in the Fortnite as well big day for brother Air Bear and for Nick Kyrgios surprise yeah. appearance in men's finals weekend I was going to say <laughs> Fortnite was running wild here in Melbourne and I went and queued up and stood next to the sign and I wondered just watched what, in bafflement wondered what all these people were doing I really didn't understand what it was, was going a, on it was an arena full of Millennials sat at desks with headphones on while people watched and commentated on it. Inexplicable. The whole <laughs> thing was inexplicable. And then up pops Nick Kyrgios. What I want to know and is... Was he booked before? If by some miracle he'd reached the Australian Open singles final, would he have yeah. spent the two would hours prior playing Fortnite? Imagine, I think, I think he would have done. Yeah. Imagine if he won both. <laughs> Well, no, I, know, I know which is more likely. Some guy currently. called Jesse won Fortnite. Did he, that doesn't sound like a Did funky enough a name for a Fortnite. Have we had any suggestions for my name? We have had some name. My some, Fortnite some suggestions. name. Come on, bring it. DL Boy. Yeah. I don't get. Oh, I do get that. Yeah. Law School. School spelled S K O O L. Well, that's an got immediate it. black mark. I'm not. Got to go for a super cool spelling. I'm not, I'm not having. But in Fortnite land, they. David, that's what that's anybody what flies. who misspells words deliberately. Oh, you're not you're Fortnite. You are not going to like a lot of these. <laughs> right. uh, the Hawthorne Hitman. Well, now, oh. we, now we're talking. <laughs> it has to be has to be all one word. Who came in up my with experience. that? Um, unsure. Unsure. But I like you. <laughs> um, unlawful. Yeah. Gang- that. Gangster UK slice <laughs> and dice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I tell you, I've got. I mean, I don't have any of those happily. I would have been pretty annoyed if I was Pierre Gebert and Nicolas Mahou, who, you know, there was, they'd filled a stadium full of people watching these people at desks who could have been watching them play magnificent doubles and Henry Conton and John Piers. It's just like ten thousand people over there watching, watching people type. <laughs> Do they have joysticks? Is that what you do? I mean, they seem to be sort of old school Somebody's um, got to talk me through this. Really? With headphones and I think there were joysticks involved. There were these two presenters. There was a a distinct lack of women involved. Yeah. It was was an oestrogen-free zone. (laughs) 
Although loser fruit turned out to be a woman. Oh, Who'd really? have thought it? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, there was, I saw some names on the press release that are really... I read them out yesterday, today. I saw some other absolute corkers today. Although, I I have to to say, the ones you've come up with for me are better. What do you think Nick Kyrgios' fortnight name is? NK Rising. Oh, probably. Hashtag NK Rising. I don't know. Um, Right, well, on that note, um, I think think that's about it, really, for Men's Singles Finals Day here at the Australian Open. Uh, Your highlight of the tournament? Uh, Fortnite Summer Smash. (laughs) <laughs> I'll give her a minute to think about it um, Matt because I refuse to accept that my highlight um, your first ever Australian Open I know Hopefully mine's that first ball of kid many. doing the Michael Jackson dance yes at the net my, my highlight is, is not an individual moment but it's just Naomi Osaka in, in general I've, I was I was lucky enough to watch quite a few of her matches and track her progress and she's got a special strength that woman and she found it so many times in this tournament and that for me will probably be the overriding memory of this tournament I think we as Catherine put it yesterday something changed last night with with her winning and I really do think that this will not be the start because she's already started but just a springboard to even even more yeah well I certainly can't argue with that um, I think having covered the whole of Andy Murray's career to be here at, at its may at possibly its conclusion I mean I, he, I still think he seems quite keen on carrying on um, I don't think he feels it's over we'll see I hope hope that he's pain-free as soon as possible that much is for sure just on a personal human level um but to to describe the moments that that we had that night on bbc radio was just an incredible privilege and uh yeah it will not be something i will ever forget in my career i know that well on i mean that was quite a quite an arrival in australia for me after my flight (laughs) getting the text welcome andy married is planning not to play beyond Wimbledon that was at a moment of such personal excitement to finally be in Australia and then have that hit me that was that was quite a start to my tournament yeah how's um, how's Victoria Kozmova doing well I've just had a message from Simon Briggs saying uh, tough result for Kozmova in <laughs> Russia and I've checked the scores and she's out in qualies in St Petersburg <laughs> The tennis world is on the lookout now, for for your sake. It's so odd, isn't it, that after the the glorious outdoor summer experience that is, you know, Sydney, Brisbane, Doha, Pune, Perth, Melbourne, we now go back indoors in St Petersburg, where it's sort of Dr Zhivago style, eight <laughs> feet of snow. It's very odd. Tennis. Clearly, team. that's that that threw Cosmova off I mean I haven't <laughs> haven't had a chance to look watch the match yet you haven't had a chat with her just yet no. to, where, de- to debrief where exactly are you, going to, are you intending to watch highlights of that YouTube <laughs> oh I'm sure I'm sure YouTube are all over it some millennial or other will sort it no question uh, Catherine highlight highlight yeah well you've made me look silly with my um, with my flippant answers um, I mean the whole Andy Murray um 
all of it was, you know, in many ways an absolute low light. Um, but the way he spoke about it all and, and the, the poignancy of it all and um, the outpouring of, of emotion for him and about him um, and, and the, the power of it all, the, the, that sort of stark example of the power of sport to uh, elicit feeling in people um, was pretty amazing and overwhelming really in good ways and bad so yeah I'll copy you and go for that alright I'll allow it but also the Fortnite Summer Smash oh well you know <laughs> I mean I've got myself a, a selection of new names so I'm pretty chuffed um, yes I, just, as, just as I've got my name back we can we can start <laughs> calling David Loser fruit. <laughs> the Hawthorne taken. Hitman. The Hawthorne Hitman. Oh my word, I am so loving that. Um, right then, folks, uh, we can only end by saying thanks for listening to us here on the Tennis Podcast. Um, it's, it's a privilege to, to do this every night. I mean, we have a good laugh, I have to say. Uh, sometimes we sit down and we think, oh God, I'm so tired. I don't know whether I can do this. And the moment we start speaking on the podcast, we love it. At least I do. And um, and it's yeah, it wouldn't be the same if there weren't people bothering to listen to it, and you guys are all doing that. So thank you for for doing so, and for supporting us. Thank you for those of you, the many of you that contributed to our Kickstarter, which enables this show to carry on. Frankly, because much as we love doing it, I mean, it takes a lot of effort, a lot of time, um, and a lot of expense and effort and all the rest of it. Um, and and most specifically, we brought Grab Matt with us. The, no, the, man Matt form, the man formerly known as Grad Matt we brought with us so that he could become Matt here on the Tennis <laughs> Podcast. Tennis version of Prince. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, here he is. And I hope you feel that he's enriched our coverage significantly. I certainly do. His blogs have been amazing. They're, they will remain on the Tennis Podcast website if you'd like to go and have a read. Our newsletter will continue throughout the year, weekly. Sign up to that. Um, and we will be daily during the other three Grand Slams as well. We're going to do as much as we possibly can to keep the show going and for you to feel that it's, it's, it's worth um, backing us on and that, it, and that you feel that you've got your value for money. That's, that's what we're all about. And tell everybody you know about the Tennis Podcast so that we can get more and more listeners, more and more chat, more and more people can give me Fortnite names, which is really what I'm into now. Uh, I'm actually going to have a go at the game sometime soon just to see what what you do because i really don't even know what it is uh but yes we have been the tennis podcast not the Fortnite podcast brought to you in association with the telegraph executive produced by tennisballs.com and uh we have our mascot who's been an excellent mascot for our first grand slam tournament of 2019 and will remain so for the rest of the year that is rio with a y go and check out his instagram page because he's a cool dog isn't he it's a good dog it's a stunning dog um, and uh, yeah we will be onto our planes back to Blighty ASAP Matt's shaking his head because he's got another three lovely days here but we will be and we'll be back on the Tennis Podcast very soon hopefully with another new show next week see you then Flexibility is great that's why there's yoga Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too that's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. 
Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.